they're bad, they're boys, and occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Hello, hello, listener. Hello, David Hellard. We've spent a lot of time with each other this weekend. We have. We have spent a lot of time with each other. In fact, we only really spend each other each other. We only spend each time together. We only spend um, a lot of time together when we are at events that involve running and beer. It never seems to be either a pure running event or a pure beer event. It's either or. Yeah, is that because your missus doesn't let you out um, for for strictly just boozing events? No, it's because um, I don't go to the sort of boozing events you go to, and I will not let her let me out to go to a pure running event. Ah, okay, okay. Unless it's something that's incredibly long and you're going to hate it and be terrible for you. That's in, that's interesting, actually. What running events would we both take part in at the same time Ooh. that didn't involve drinking? I don't think, involve... I don't think we cross over in any way. And I suppose the uh, like London Marathon or Brighton Marathon, but yeah. Or say say for example, they announced the last ever Edinburgh Marathon. <gasps> if, oh, we'd have to be there <gasps> to celebrate. That would be amazing. <laughs> I've just realised there was a guy who has got. So we've. Um, <gasps> yeah, I've just remembered as well. Hello, welcome, welcome. <laughs> My name is Jodie just... Rainsford, and uh, this is the Bad Boy Running Podcast, and I am here with Sir David Hellard. Now, because we've seen each other this weekend, we're essentially mid conversation to our weekend. We're just picking so... it up. We're just picking it up again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I've just realised. I've just remembered there was a there was a guy at the beerathon wearing an Edinburgh Marathon top. Oh, I don't. And know. I didn't get him up for a down down. No, I, I was he wearing it ironically or was he? Genuinely... I don't know. Oh. I I hope he was. It would have been incredible. But I I clocked it and didn't write it down because I just I I'd have done it every other drink. Just got just ruined him. Whoever he may have been, just turned it into a theme of like ten beers in a row. Just to teach him. And also, in fact, no, I should have just given him 10 pints of water. Yes. Just water. He probably has oh, never seen water before. That would be awesome. And the thing is, there is no water on the Beerathon course. So it's almost the perfect course for him. Yeah. Abs- yeah, it's, it's very like Edinburgh. In fact, it's about the right distance. And um, yeah, that's probably the only thing that's similar. I can't try to think of anything else. <laughs> the organisation probably- of, of Beerathon is far superior. It's it's almost slick now, you could say. <laughs> it is slick. But how are you, slick. So, how are you feeling? I, I feel absolutely fine. I feel absolutely really? fine. Yeah, yeah. It's surprising, isn't it? Um, I, I'm still dehydrated even now. Um, so, uh, if, listener, if you're listening to this and you're wondering what's going on. So, basically, this weekend, um, we... Um, David... Super a, Saturday. Super Saturday. David uh, puts on the, uh, the Great British Beerathon. Um, which is always nominated in top 10 uh, fun runs at the uh, running awards, uh, regardless of the amount of promotion he gives it. Um, <laughs> but it will never win. That's the thing. It will never yeah. win. Um, I've come to terms with that. No. But you, Something that JD will never do. I'll never, ever win. 
Um, but oh, so, so, ooh, so, I've, I've just thought of something, JD, that's really going to anger you. Um, what? Do you want to know? Go on. Uh, what your rival podcasts are now sponsored by Brewdog. What the, uh, the what's it called? The knockoff of uh, Steve Coogan's uh, works. The Alan the Alan Partridge tribute. Oh, the podcast. Monkey Tennis. Yeah, Monkey Tennis. They're sponsored by uh, by uh, Brewdog. Well, that's typical of Monkey Tennis, isn't it? They they just steal ideas from other people and they use them. <laughs> that's just so typical of them. I'm, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if they all start wearing red T-shirts with white lettering and start saying like, "Fuck you." Uh, think of a character with beginning with B. Uh, fuck you, monkey, or something like that. That starts seeing to each other. That's the that's the level of originality. That yeah, they, apparently they're to. also starting a, a caffeine-based Ponzi scheme <laughs> very soon. <laughs> Amazing. They're just yeah, they're going full yeah. hog. They're gonna oh, next year. Next, next year on this weekend, they're doing the Alanathon, which is <laughs> everyone dresses up as uh, Alan Partridge and has to run um, uh, five uh, five laps in driving gloves. Actually, what I loved about the Birathon, there were. T- Two people dressed as Alan Partridge, independent, I think. I don't think they knew anything about Monkey Tennis or Tom. And someone kept on asking why they had custard creams on their faces. Because they dressed up as Alan when he was, I think he was trying to be a zombie. And he used all the things from his room. So he, he took the, scry- the screwdrivers and used them on his fingers. He had the shower curtain. And then he used his uh, the biscuits that you get and stayed, uh, attached them to his face. But... If if you only know Alan Partridge but haven't seen that episode, what they were dressed is the weirdest outfit you could ever imagine. What I, what I like about that comment, of course, is yeah, yeah, that is weird. But we're still talking about a, um, a program that was broadcast on the BBC and seen by millions of people. So there's an op- there's a chance to see it. Um, when you think about what we dressed as, I was. When, <laughs> So, so the beerathon. So, if you've not been to the beerathon before, uh, this is the beerathon. Basically, you listen to a beerathon episode, um, but uh, essentially, you have to run five laps um, uh, around a pub, um, and you have a, a drink, a different type of drink, and a different bar snack on each lap, um, and and it's carnage you expect. But everyone comes dressed up, and it's it's an amazing atmosphere. It's always a, always a brilliant time. It was brilliant this year. Well done for the organisation again, David. <laughs> Excellent work. Um, but um, but yeah, people come dressed up. And uh, in, in most years, people come dressed up as various things. I think this must have been the most esoteric year of dressing up because we had a massive amount of do badders there. Um, and, yeah. And the right, we when I was we got there early because, um, uh, of course, um, myself, uh, Chris, and uh, G Law, who tried to bottle out of it, by the way, um, d- was doing the uh, double <laughs> double beerathon. So he, yeah, he tried to bottle out by saying that he didn't know the time or something, even though I told him a week before. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so uh, Chris was going. Oh, you've created some sort of cult with uh, with bad boy running, and I'm like going, no, don't be so ridiculous. It's not a cult or anything else. And then of course, um, everyone turns up, and everyone is essentially dressed as some kind of in joke from the podcast. It would make <laughs> no sense whatsoever to anyone. I mean, like the fact that three people came dressed. The man that can't be named is just incredible. Did you oh, know right. with, the, with the kilt and the nuts challenge top with the whistle. Every time I came to try and finish the lap, they came <laughs> in front of me and tried to stop me. <laughs> so if, if this, if that doesn't make any sense, you listen. Listen back to the uh, the nuts episode and. Uh, well, we, we say that he, he, he should he shouldn't be named. Um, <laughs> No, so basically, he was, the, he was the guy that timed me out of doing the, my, my fourth lap of uh, Winter Nuts. So, so, of course, there's all these in-jokes. So, of course, I've gone dressed as Andy Parry. No one knows. Who, <laughs> even people, Mudstacle people, had no idea who I was dressed as. <laughs> people were just going, what are you dressed as? And I'm like, 
well, it's clearly Andy Parry. I mean, and they're like, oh, obviously, like Pete went, who are you supposed to be? It's because you haven't got freaky disformities all over your chest. No, I know. What I I actually looked like was um, Jesus had decided to come back, um, do OCR, but sort of let himself go a bit. (laughs) That's that's all it really looked like. I think Jesus would be an OCRer. Do you think so? He can walk on water. No, I don't think he'd do OCR. I think he'd he'd be a park runner. He probably would, actually. He would be a park runner. Yeah, he'd be a stickler for the rules. It would, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So that's our theological um, discussion. But yeah, how do you think think it went? I thought it was... um, No, 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 I'm interested. Yeah, how how do you think it went? Well, firstly, listeners, if if Jodie slipped it in there, but Jodie did the double, which meant he drank not only the eight pints during the course of three hours, three and a half hours. You know, it just didn't occur to me until like the day before the amount of pints that I'd have to drink in that short period of time. And the amount of food. And there was quiche. <laughs> and, and I think you had, um, you, you probably had a pint in between. Yeah. And then we had Ross, who was, oh, this yeah. year we decided. What was that? Apple stuff. So, that was apple sour. So previous years we've had a problem with um, partially markings of the course and partially just people not being asked to actually run it and just wanting to do the drinking and eating so there's been um in fact last year i'm not saying this person cheated um deliberately but the person that finished their time was so unbelievably quick <laughs> i was like yeah, okay there's no way this guy's run five miles but um so this year ross had the uh, the ability and the, the responsibility of going around the course with two bottles of apple sours and just punishing anyone he wanted with alcohol willy-nilly essentially so um oh, I, I assume you had a few of those as well that was punishment i just thought it was offering them to anyone it just that's what it seemed like well i think it was punishment or reward depending on who you were <laughs> amazing amazing so yeah. i mean you, you you head up really well considering all of that yeah probably about the um halfway through the second beerathon. Because it wasn't, there wasn't much time between the first and the second. Um, mm. uh, I did start thinking, oh, oh, maybe not. But I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I don't really, I, I, I find it really difficult to be sick. So I don't really bring. I tell you what, I think it was the most vomity um, uh, beerathon ever. Oh, boy, it, it, was, it was the a, amount of. I know, I've never yeah. seen it like that. I think it was just the size of those pasties and the fact that pasties were first. Because there was, I mean, they were always big, but bloody hell they were huge this time and the fact you had to lead off with them that it just i think it's longer for your stomach to have to actually process everything and and when you run it with the pasty last by the time it's fully hitting your stomach and trying to be digested yeah, you're yeah, finished yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so i think we might have to rethink that slightly for next year <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah one tiny tweak to the order and it made a it made a massive difference but um yeah yeah, but it was good. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad doing two. Um, you know, I just I can hold it all in. Yeah, you know, what I what I lack in speed, I make up for in resilience. I'm and how are you split? Oh, I have no idea. I haven't got a clue. I don't know what. I have no idea how long it took me or anything. So you don't think they were that even? You wouldn't say, or would you I think they say, were fairly? Oh, oh. Oh, they were ruined by something because um, uh, I can't remember who was with me, but me yeah. and Emsley and we, we, we saved a pigeon. 
What from? We saved a, we, a pigeon was flying around and it had a subway bag tied around its neck. <laughs> and so, and so for like, for, was it a full subway bag? Uh, well, no, it, the, the rubbish had been put inside it, and it was flying around with it, and it clearly was going to end up dying or be choking oh. or something. And so we ended up like you know that bit out by the church and stuff. We were running around chasing this pigeon <laughs> to try. So it's like a it. scene from Rocky. It was like a scene from Rocky, but much much slower and more drunken. <laughs> um, and but, what was the pigeon doing? The pigeon was, it was struggling to, to, to fly off. So it was flying off, but it was flying off further enough for, us, for it to be us having to break into a jog, but not far enough um, for, for us to not be able to like rescue it. So it was sort of like bounding about and everything and flying about. And eventually, um, uh, wait a minute, Adam, I think Adam might have grabbed it or something. And then, yeah. and then we, all, you know, like, we all came and we, we saved it. And that was, our, that was our heroic deed of the day. But I think MZ's, um, uh, you could see it on his... Um, uh, like on his Strava or something, like we went all over the place <laughs> trying to save these how was How did no one mention this to me for the down downs? I don't know. Well, I don't know. We just, well, you know, it's what, what any hero would have done. People call us heroes, but, you know, we. <laughs> we any Were there any witnesses be, to this? Yeah, um, yeah there, there, was like a, there was a family there. We got a little cheer from them as we did it. Um, yeah, it was, it was wonderful stuff. It was wonderful and the question stuff. is, did Adam wash his hands before he ran in, picked <laughs> oh, up his bike, no, and started jumping down? <laughs> Do you know what? Thinking about, it, I think we all said, "Oh, we better wash our hands when we get back." And I know that none of us washed our hands. Oh God! Because aren't they going to be worse than rats yes. in terms of the amount of illness that they carry? Yeah, absolutely. Oh wow! Okay, oh, God, amazing yeah. story. About that. No, but yeah, but yeah. So uh, a pigeon lived, and uh, and everything was right with the world. But uh... <laughs> but yeah, we um, but we we won't spend too much time on the beer because we, we talked about it before, but. After the double header, we, we had quite a sharp exit and headed up to the World Beer Mile, which was quite a night, I thought. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's a bloody schlep up there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's quite a mission. It was about a two-mile walk from the train station. And thankfully, we were actually on the right train network. Imagine if you were coming across town. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, thankfully, we got there plenty of time. And it was just a great event. Not that many people, but everyone there was, was really up for it. There's a stag do, lots of people who um, have, have been before. And because it's an international race, everyone is, who's there racing, the elites, they've all come from abroad. And so they're completely buzzed for it, as you'd imagine. It's, you know, because they've, they've been building up this for ages. And then we rock up. <laughs> Then we all rock up in fancy dress. Well, the weirdest fancy dress. I mean, it's pretty weird for the beerathon, which is used to weird. But then when the whole Mud School beerathon bad boy running group rock up to what many are, are trying to turn into a, a semi-serious yeah. event and, and not realising how much everyone has already drunk already. Yeah, that's the thing. It was like, you know, doing that, once we've we've all been drinking since like midday, um, it's 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 a pre- pretty impressive. How much did you drink before that? Because I know that you were you were going to hold back a little bit. To yeah, uh, I, I just had a couple of drinks. I, I've been told it's it's actually quite good to kind of take the edge off. But, but any I mean, any any caffeine bullets? Were you were you doping? No, I didn't. This week. actually before we go into the into the race the night before, I'd been out to they they had a a talk about 
to do all the runners, it's setting the rules and the oh, expectations really? of what you've got to do and how they want it to run. Because actually, they it's, it's it's it seems like quite an informal affair when you're on the ground, but it's being broadcast on all of the major running <laughs> web, websites and networks around the world. So it's not was yeah, it? Yes, you can you can find it on YouTube. It's on Tracky. I can't remember the name of a lot of the other websites because they're the main they're the equivalent of athletics weekly but for australia for america for canada and um, so yeah they they do take it quite seriously because but also the, the trouble is with something like the beer mile and you forget about it um you don't think about this when you're just doing it for fun is that if you're trying to make it semi-serious then you, you've got to have very strict rules because yeah. You know, what is vomiting? What is not vomiting? What is spillage? What is not spillage? And what is actually finishing your drink and what's not? And so, it, I mean, out of the race, maybe, and I think even up to half of people, actually not quite that much, but about a third of the people got disqualified from the elite waves. Yeah, and I saw that. Was, what, what was that for? Just because they hadn't finished their drinks properly? It really, actually, so the, the worst example of it was the, the women's where... They had um, uh, Alison from America, who, who's done it before. She, she's clearly a, a good runner and can drink okay. And then they had, uh, they had Lauren, who'd done it last year. He's a, a, an English uh, sprinter who is rapid. But she, she drinks so infrequently that while she was training, apparently, she was doing a Diet Coke rather than booze because she's not used to the booze. So... They uh, they were neck and neck, and I'll, I'll put the link into the the Facebook group for the the feedback because it's worth watching. It's really interesting actually seeing the different races. But they were pretty much neck and neck, neck and neck, where Lauren would be absolutely caning it rounds. She'd then pick up pick up a can, half catch her breath, and then really struggle to get a drink down. And you can see that Alison actually was a bit more proficient at drinking, but still nothing compared to the guys where. In our heads, if you have to stop, if you, they, they, I think they call it a clean beer. If you just do it in one without oh, yeah. taking it out of your mouth for breath, yeah. and they were doing like two or three attempts, but it was almost like uh, the, the, the first, the first Rocky where they're on the floor, sort of struggling on the ropes, trying to get up, because they were just trying to get rid of these drinks and they couldn't. And then they, they both, they weren't sick as such, but they both frothed beer from their mouth it's almost uh oh it's a, a technicality se- yeah yeah a kind of semi a semi puke but not 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 what you'd expect <laughs> oh, but... this is disgusting yeah it's but it's, it's i experienced it on train actually it's like a frothy burp almost so what 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 was the rule on that well that that's that spillage that you're out so oh no so that spillage you've got to do an extra lap so um alison didn't realize she'd done that so she stopped so she was disqualified Lauren ran an extra lap, which obviously slows you down massively. Then I think it was Polly who was next in, the English girl, who she hadn't drunk enough of her beers. So when you put them down, you have to throw them into this basket and they then measure out your four beers. And if there's more than four fluid ounces um, in total amongst the four beers, which is a reasonable amount, uh, then you're disqualified. But the trouble is, if you have a beer that's warm and you've, you tip it straight up, and it's incredibly frothy, then even if you get all the liquid out of it, oh, yeah. by the time the froth settles, which it could be six minutes, seven, eight, nine minutes 
before they measure it you times it by four you could be out just for having the wrong drinking technique and too warm and frothy a beer oh jesus so, so it meant the girl in fifth ended up winning <laughs> really yeah which is a bit a bit of a shame and a little bit crazy but then you've got to have these rules or else or else people will just be sick and that takes the skill out of it or they just won't finish their drinks which then defeats the point of having the beer mile so i can i completely understand why they have to be so rigid on the rules um but it does mean it it's it, it's not what you want to see as a spectator you just want to see yeah just the people. first person in wins yeah oh god that's that's a bit sad yeah I, yeah you're right i suppose if you are going to take it seriously but i don't know i don't i, th- I think that takes like you say it takes the edge off it a little bit doesn't it yeah. who was right so in our right I didn't notice this until um, I watched the video back. I noticed that you, you videoed um, the uh, Bad Boy Wave, and I took yeah. so long, uh, the video was cut <laughs> well before well before that. The best thing but, was but even Dan though... Barrett's beer, his first beer. <laughs> oh, I was, just, I was shouting, you like, I thought I was being encouraging, and then I realised it was sounding quite, quite disparaging. I was like, come on, Dan! Come on. He just couldn't get that beer down, and then he took off like a rocket, but... But the, thing, but the thing is, what I didn't realise is that actually I didn't, hadn't done too badly because I didn't throw up and yeah. loads of people had thrown up. So actually in that same, with that same um, uh, technicalities, um, yeah. I, I'm, I might have actually done okay-ish. But who was the guy who was, re- he, who, who was so quick? Who, well, I, I think you beat him. I think, oh, did I? I think you, he's, he's a, so in he the couldn't wave. drink for toffee. He was it was just like it was literally there was no point in him doing this. He's like if you cannot drink, you should not do this thing because he went round there like a whippet. And but that think, to me loves him even more because I think if you know you can't drink and you still are going to turn up and just you know everyone's going to take the piss out of you somewhat. Um, that's a guy called Johnny Hay. So Bruno has raced with him before. He is an international athlete. He came third. <sighs> in the European Championships under 20s I think he he's he's had number one ranking in for the mile for like under 20s under 18s he's I think he's done a 64 minute half marathon so this guy and he's he's very good at cross country but I mean his if you think how bad he was at drinking he came in at the first lap on 70 seconds He was so quick. You were going, whoa, whoa, look at him. Yeah, it's when, it's the fact that I saw him and just swore. My reaction, it wasn't even a bloody hell, fucking hell. It was just a like, fucking, it's just, I was so blown away by the speed. Yeah. He was so quick. Yeah, amazing. And then, but he he didn't seem that appreciative when I went up to film him (laughs) drinking. (laughs) And he just kept on turning his back. In fact, we're at the pub later. Um, There's an after party. And um, two people have bought me a pint at the same time. So there's a spare beer on the table. And he went to get it. And I was like, hey, that's my beer. And he went, you owe me a beer for trying to film me for an hour. I was like, all right, mate, yeah, <laughs> yeah you can have the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the night before, they had the briefing and all the internationals were there. Oh, I didn't realise. The English captain's this bloke called Andy Norman and, and, and one of his best mates, a guy called Laurie. And my God, they just went mental started playing these drinking games where if you win the drinking game you have to drink an entire pint and so during the course of the night they must have done four or five pints just in the drinking game and then i came home at about 10 o'clock already quite drunk thinking i've got to go home i've got to organize stuff for tomorrow 
and part of me not wanting to be too hungover for the race as well. But there's this video of them where he's like lying on the escalators as <laughs> it's being carried up. And then there's another mad Australian man who, um, why can we say this? We can say this. I haven't said his surname, but um, one of the one of the people in the guest houses apparently got fined because he was rumoured to have um, used the corridors as as a bathroom um, that night. And I, I was expecting everyone to be taking this really seriously. And, and I, I looked around and I realised that it was just the Brits and Charlie who were going... The Brits and Australians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Brits and Australians, like the Canadians had gone to bed about an hour ago. The Americans were kind of just being a bit quieter in the corner. I mean, they all brought it on the Saturday night. They all went big. But um, there was part of me where I was, I was full of pride. Oh, but at absolutely. the same point, was a little bit kind of like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you can't, the thing is, you can't take it really seriously. I mean, like, what is, what is the payoff? What's the payoff? Oh, wait a minute. There is a big payoff, isn't there? If you're like the world beard mile. Well, didn't, didn't Dale mention well, that or something? At well, the... I don't, yeah, I don't think you necessarily... I don't know if there's a prize pot or not. Yeah, but, but, but you get... But is there the sponsorship or something? Or, yeah, you know? I mean, there's there are professional athletes now. So I think... Um, they just make co- anything into a professional sport now, don't they? Yeah, they just yeah, I think any they... old any old jokey sport like OCR or beer miling, <laughs> and they try and turn it professional all the time while ultra running is still has no money whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's it's a bit like OCR. It's it's just so shareable for Facebook yeah. and for and so I mean, Corey, I think has has got a sponsor. He's the world record holder, and then Lewis Kent, who is injured this year, but he was the world record holder before Corey. Yeah, they're they're both sponsored athletes. Um, I think Dale was hoping something similar would happen if, if he won this year so so uh, what what happened with dale was he was he disqualified for not drinking uh i, I, I sort of thought he put a bottle back when it was um it still had stuff in it yeah it, well is it is really well so if you haven't seen the results guys it's a dale well the england team had a bit of a shocker overall actually so dale went off he was pretty slow on his first beer i was quite surprised by that he, he went off probably back third and but then overtook everyone Ben came from nowhere. I don't, that guy was pacing like a lunatic. Ben's his training partner in the YouTube videos where they've done the 10 beers, 10K. And he overtook Dale and just was flying around the first lap. Second lap, Dale, um, Dale was looking okay, um, but slow on his beer again. Then third lap, really just horrific on the beer I, I couldn't figure out what's going on because i was down the other end of the track yeah. um and from from what i gather because because i afterwards i thought he was going to be pretty pissed off and just like a little bit not embarrassed the wrong word but just feel like you know there's all this build up but actually he was such a he was such a nice guy about it he was so humble and lovely and, and he, he kind of said to me I, I don't think he necessarily wanted this to go out on the podcast but as in case people thought it was him making excuses because he wasn't, I don't think he was looking for excuses. He was like, yeah, I just didn't do it right. But the beer he had, he hadn't, he'd only had it once last year. He'd not practiced with it at all. And he said it was completely different to what he's expecting. He just couldn't drink it, which to me makes complete sense because if you think how many times he's been drinking out of bottles of beer since he started training, just in those videos, let alone everything else. Yeah. And he's, he's never looked to have a problem. And the fact he's been able to do 10 beers for his 40-minute 10K 
on the run um, from a bottle as well. So, I mean, I, I do genuinely think that's probably what happened. He just had a beer that was just behaved differently in its frothiness or, you know, the pour or, or something like that. But on the third, on, on his penultimate drink, I think he, the bottle he put down, he thought was going to be too much left in it because he was, he was struggling with the drink and the American guy was catching him up. And I think that added the pressure. And then on the fourth beer, he was, he was just sick of it. And so he just stopped because he knew that, well, that's it. I'm out. Yeah. Such a shame. I don't know what the deal with Ben was. He, I think he might have frothed up a bit as well. So he was still so disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. The thing is, it sounds disgusting, but it's it's not a beer fun kind of, reappearance because it's just beer it's just what, froth is that what we're saying now a reappearance i think weren't people in the facebook group saying calling them consequences mm. <laughs> i like that beer consequences <laughs> oh, mate, did you see did you see steven smith uh, the chalk he'd put on the floor no where, no, uh, no g law had done that when we went out marking, when we went out marking the course g law was right I, I said oh we put some messages on the floor so he he, <laughs> he, he put all the message we also one that said they'd uh, hug a stranger as well when they Brilliant. went back onto Fleet Street so yeah that's, uh, that's oh, no, it the, the one I thought was genius was the never trust a fart at a beer-a-thon which, um, which I thought was very true very true but, um, but don't feel but positive yeah. but don't, yeah, don't feel positive towards G-Law because he did, <laughs> try, he did no G-Law I call G-Law a star fucker actually I got annoyed with him because uh, he was gonna he, he was supposed to be doing um, double beer-a-thon yeah. and then when he found out that Pete Reese wasn't doing it he tried to get out of it. Oh. No, no. And I said the worst thing. He sensed weakness. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, but, you know, he did come along and do it, still not wearing, you know, any, uh, any merch. Do you see he came as a, as a triathlete? I liked that, though. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was. No I one thought pun- that was self-accepting. No one pen- punched him in the face, though. Very disappointing. Well, not yet, but, you know, he's, uh, he's only ever minutes away from one, so... <laughs> But um, yeah, the I mean, the England team. It, the weird thing was because I I went into it. Um, I, I was quite nervous actually. Cause... I didn't I didn't know you were going to have your own little outfit and everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, full on England. Why black though? It made you all look a little bit. You know, you know, like in Karate Kid, the guys in the black, <laughs> guys in black. Guys. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, they, you're oh, guys. Are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's probably just that. Andy, who sorted out the tops, those are probably the tops he could get from. He works for, I think, either Ron Hill or for Sweatshop. So I think he probably just got. Oh, it's Ron Hill top. Black, was it? Ron Hill Black. Yeah. So I think he just got, yeah, he just got the tops he could and printed on them. Rather than. But even, I was trying to get some Union Jack shorts or some, some uh, England, some St. George's shorts. Oh, yeah. Don't really exist, running ones. But um, yeah, we. I, I was going into it thinking I'm, I'm going to be the slowest guy here because on paper my, my running time's so much slower and I'd really struggled with trying to drink from bottles even in the training in a pint's no problem but um, so I was quite nervous about it but then and actually I just forgot to run I, I <laughs> you did look, yeah you, you looked like you were sauntering round well I was really yeah and I just I didn't even it didn't occur to me that I should have been because I thought I was being sensible, but yeah, I, I'm so unused to you're running. In, you're in beerathon mode. Yeah, I was. I probably wasn't even running that fast for beerathon mode, actually. Because yeah. yeah, when I look at it now, I'm like God, I'm really not moving at all. And so, 
I mean, my in my head, I was thinking I'd I'd run kind of seventy two second laps and then try and drink a beer in seven to ten seconds. Um, but the beers, I was, I felt fine on. I, you know, they they weren't easy, but I, in my head, I I just had. It doesn't matter what happens. I have to get. I can't stop. I have to just do this in one. Even if I'm choking, even if I can't breathe, just go, just go, just go. And if, if you've got that mentality, before long, you can suddenly see the, the beer appear below the label, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm almost finished." And so I was overtaking people at every every beer I was coming into. Oh yeah. And this one guy, he over, the England guy, overtook me three times, and it was only on the last lap that he couldn't catch me because I was too far ahead. Because I, I kept on overtaking on the beers, and he'd run past me. But yeah, I got to the last the last straight, and I was like, "Shit." I'm not even out of breath. I'm not tired. I haven't done end, and so I went flat out. But crazy. I mean, the time was was not was was well. It was pretty bad. But because so many people been disqualified, I ended up being third Brit, oh, third, sorry, third English, which meant I qualified for the for the England team as the top three, and we came third in the world. So I'm now a bronze medalist in the beer mile. That's amazing. Bizarre, isn't it? So weird. <laughs> <laughs> and no matter what happens in the future i can always say that and it's not even a lie it's like it's yeah, yeah actually we could start actually factualizing your uh, uh your bio <laughs> yeah yeah so um so it was weird where at the end of the night i, I mean i wasn't really disappointed because actually probably the, one of the reasons I, I was running so slowly was because i just didn't want to to fuck up yeah, and I and I didn't, but then I didn't fuck up because I was being so conservative on the running. But then I guess I was, you know. See that you took it, you took it, you you decided to take it slow, decided to take it sensible, and you rewarded from it. Now you can see now, now you can see what my what my approach is to to running. Yeah, yeah. You, you take an ultra mentality to a one mile race. <laughs> <laughs> but the actually the the, the brilliant thing about. Um, uh, the, Laura, the the lady I'd mentioned, um, who didn't typically drink, who used to just tra- who was training on diet coke. After about twenty minutes of the finish, she couldn't walk. She was just stumbling left to right. Really? Um, yeah, absolute bits. Which it makes sense if you're not used to drinking and you have four five percent beers in seven minutes. Yeah, that is a lot. And so, um, yeah, and, and we, we weren't really sure. And, and, and she'd come down from up north and had optimistically thought, I'm not going to book any accommodation. I'm just going to stay out party and get the first train. <laughs> so she had nowhere. We're like, where are you staying? Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm partying all night. We're like, oh, God. Oh, no. no. Yeah, I mean, so I fed her some cafe billets. You and, didn't? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just thought, what can we do? Like, I've just got to give her some energy. I've got to get her moving. Or that's and... just what. So a girl is in a bad state. So what you do is you ply her with your drugs. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, interesting, actually, about the well, things. When I got to the after party, she was right as rain. She was drinking like a trooper. I've no idea what happened. But is this this story is a setup, isn't it? It You're is. Like, it is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because I think, why why are you telling a story about a drunk girl? This is this isn't <laughs> going to end right. Like, yeah. <laughs> She just took one caffeine bullet and that was it, all <laughs> fixed. Absolutely. So, um, so guys, the, the, the moral of the story is, if you're trying to get a girl to bed, do not give her caffeine bullets. <laughs> oh, my God. I, had, the, I, 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 was, um, I, I lost my virginity at the uh, athletic stadium as well. Did you? Yeah, I had the, my, my first caffeine bullet. 
Oh, yes, of course. How was it? And do you know what? It was much better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I think they're actually tasty. Now. I'd eat them. They're all, they're, they, um, yeah, like I think, I, I, they, they seem quite big to start off with, but actually yeah. they chew they chew away quite quickly. Yeah, and you they're just not, they're like a nice mint now. But the fact is, they do look like Werther's Originals in their in their wrapping. They do, but that's that's just for now. They're going to be black uh, wrapping, a bit like the licorice wrappers um, and li- kind of licorice toffees, but then with the red logo on. And then it's going to say 100 milligrams of caffeine because I want to make sure that kids can see that it says caffeine on it. Well, well, well I, the, the nicest touch um, about Beerathon this year um, was the uh, on the Beerathon medal, which is the epitome <laughs> of the cheapest type of medal ever. Because cause it has to be, because most of the proceeds are going to, uh, when all of the proceeds are going to yeah. um, a, a street child. But it, even in that like, shitty medal, you still manage to find a square millimetre to put a cat sponsored by caffeine bullet. I just there. thought that would make people laugh, and it made me laugh. <laughs> and also, I, I kind of figured no one's ever going to look at the medal, but those who do will, be, will just give a little smile to them. The thing that I most, I most love about the whole caffeine bullet Ponzi scheme is that the people who have actually purchased it are the people who still haven't had it. Like, literally, you have tested this on... You, I suppose, actually, it's a reward. that If you buy a Caffeine Bullet in the, in, the, in the Kickstarter campaign, you will not have to test it at beta stage. That everyone else has <laughs> essentially been your laboratory. Um, yeah, and they, so, were, they were all getting them. All the, all the Beerathon people were getting their Caffeine Bullets. Oh, were they? Yeah. Yeah, I was handing out the bandanas and the and the, the sweets. So they're actually going out this week. So the, the t-shirts are going I out next week. Did you not? Have you backed the? Uh, oh no! Do, uh, yeah. Have you backed caffeine bullet? Yeah, yeah. I think I get a bandana. Oh, okay. Well, the it was the it was the people that have because I don't think you've paid for the beerathon yet. I've paid for everything, man. Have you? The so the the people that got the the. The caffeine bullets at the beerathon were the people that had actually signed up to be a beerathon bullet or a beerathon racer, and so I, I, there were people who signed up independently um, that I hadn't cross-referenced essentially, but um, they're coming out this week. But anyway, anyway, um, but yeah, what a weekend! And did you catch the athletics as well? The first amount of the athletics that I caught yeah. is literally watching that montage of that hedgehog mascot being an what legend. absolute legend. Unbelievable. I, I, I haven't watched anything. I haven't watched any of the athletics at all. Nothing, of it, nothing about it has appealed to me in any way. Even I, I nearly watched Mo. Um, yeah. But yeah. What I do think you mean it, it hasn't appealed to you? Well, it just doesn't interest me. Athletics. Really? No, not really. You don't, don't like seeing people race or... Um, well, I guess I guess I don't consider you a runner, so it, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> well, uh, um, if they had an ultra, would you watch the? I went no, certainly. Well, I, I don't know. I I went to. Um, it, it was fun when I went to at the Olympics. When I went to see athletics and stuff. Um, but that was the whole atmosphere and stuff. But I just I wouldn't sit and watch watch that normally. I don't. I don't really think many sports are great spectator sports generally. Um, mm. I don't really yeah, get it. I'd prefer to be like playing it rather than watching it. Um, 
And yeah, but so in terms of, I, I think that's that's true of a lot of sports. But then things like the hundred meters, the relays, it's so explosive. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's fine, and that's why I, you know, it, like the match of the day, match of the day style uh, roundup after the athletics, all looks great, brilliant. But I'm not going to sit there and go and watch heat after heat after heat, and then you know, show me show me the highlights, and I love it, very exciting. But yeah, yeah. not. I just think I think what Dale was saying is, is well I don't know the beer mile is interesting. Mm. The beer mile is uh, you know there's there's lots of different elements to it. Um, mm. But what, what what did you think? Did you did you watch it or did you actually go and see it? No, I, actually I I just hadn't. It it almost wasn't on my radar when tickets were on sale. But also until I've got a, a salary, I'm I'm not really in spending mode. So unless I really want to do something. Um, or can justify it, or need to do it for work, then I don't tend to buy tickets for, for stuff. But um, it was amazing. I think it was it was certainly the most interesting at the world athletics ever by well tenfold. Every everything seemed to be either controversy or um, unexpected twist plots. So I mean, it just just I mean, controversies alone. You had. You had it starting with medals being given out to previous win- previous people that didn't get their medals because of drug cheats, and they then received their medals, the medals they should have won oh, in front of a live yeah. audience. Jessica Ennis. Yeah. From like seven years ago or something, wasn't it? Yeah, and they had the entire, I think the women's 4 by 400 metres relay, because the Russians had won, whoever was second, third, and fourth, all of them got upgraded. She had the entire um, pulpit, not pulpit. Field. Yeah, she so had the entire field standing there on um, receiving their medals. And, and it, I thought that was great because, for one, it was really nice for them. And actually, in my head, I've always thought that people like um, the IAAF would never do something so public like that because it's almost acknowledging yeah, absolutely. Their, their mistakes. And so to do it so publicly, and, and the only reason to do it so publicly is purely for the sake of those athletes. Like no one else gains from that strong association with drug cheats. And so firstly, there was that. That's, I mean, that started it off, which was... Um, amazing. Then Mo wins the 10k. Oh wait, which... wait, 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 wait! Who was the guy that got booed? Was that the same night, wasn't it? That in the hundred meters where it started. Yeah, it, I I didn't watch many of Gatlin. The... Gatlin, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't watch many of the heats. So Gatlin was being booed, and because everyone who was attending was watching as well, every time he then came back, the boos got louder and louder and louder. And I was finding it quite funny because he, you know, he's been, he, he's he's a drug cheat. He's painted as drugs cheat, and he then goes and wins against. Um, but not only that, but Bolt doesn't even come second. He comes third, and he just looks slow. He gets out slow. He hasn't got his pace to pick it up. And the other American who's leading, he then gets beaten unexpectedly, and so he wins. Everyone boos, and I felt a bit sorry for him then, uh, Gatlin. But then, then the controversy happens where, with the, I mean, the BBC, um, the coverage has been quite weird. Firstly, why? They why? Were, well, they were 
they were talking about Gatlin and Michael Johnson, who respects a lot, really good insight, very clever, knows what he's talking about, but is also, he says what he feels should be said rather than just being, yeah. I'm doing a job, I'm being nice to everyone. And he, he rightly points out that actually, you know, Gatlin's being booed and the, the commentating team and the presenters are all, None of them, none of them are, are, are saying that that's a bad thing. And he's saying, well, what about everyone else? You know, what about Yoan Blake? What about all these other drug cheats that are lining up against him? And it, it then turns out that Gatlin hasn't ever been done for, as, he's, he's not been found ever to be a drug cheat. Um, the actual truth behind it is, and I've speaking to Ross because he works in, um, he, he works for sports, um, sports legal about drugs. All right. And so he was saying that. The article I'd read um, that someone had referred to in the commentary was actually written by his defence. But apparently he was, he's got ADHD since the age of nine. He's had Redlin since the age of nine. So the first time he was tested was for Redlin, which he was told he should stop taking three, three days before races. And he had, and there were still uh, minus minor amounts in his blood and so he was banned but he wasn't banned as a drugs cheat he was kind of banned as a you've broken the rules this is technicality the next one this one is a bit dodgy but he had testosterone in his blood higher than normal and he was saying it was because of a, a masseur who apparently had been let go but he he hadn't realized been let go yet he was still serving his contract and he He's, he swears blind that this guy rubbed in with testosterone, what? which it sounds fair fetch, far fetch. But then actually, if you look at the levels of testosterone in it, and if you look at all the other data, that it does make sense of that story. So while he's been done twice, actually the circumstances under which he's been done don't necessarily point him out as an out-and-out drug street. So you've got that, and then you have the women's ten thousand meters where this Ethiopian runner, I can't remember her name, she has not run all year. She's been injured supposedly all year. She's, so she's been in Ethiopia at altitude, away from any drug testers, and she turns up her first race, 10,000 metres. Um, the first third is, is pretty slow. Like, in fact, very slow. You're watching it, and it's almost embarrassing. They're going through... Um, the laps in something like 81 seconds. And I mean, my 10K, I don't think it would be 81 seconds, but it wouldn't be far off. Um, and then suddenly she puts in her next 5K, um, a, 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 a time that is just unbelievable. It was, I can't remember if it's 13 or 14 minutes, but it's a time that would have won most 5K races. She's not even out of breath. She's not out of breath at all. And um, so this then happens and the media, uh, people on Twitter are then just tweeting directly to the IAAF and to Lord Coe saying, if this is allowed to stay, this is a um, this is shameful on our sport. This is blatant drugs cheating and you have set up a system that allows for this to happen. And, and essentially because a lot of the governing bodies are responsible for the drug testing, then if you have a crap governing body in Ethiopia or Kenya, for example, um, they aren't as stringent at testing as people are in the UK. 
and so, therefore... So has she been tested? Or is that she, happening now? How does this work? I don't know anything about this. So, so what, do, do, I, I tell you, it's a long process, isn't it? Don't they have to get samples and all sorts of stuff? To... Yes, yeah, so she'll be tested now. And it's up to the... the I, I don't know the exact rules, but I think that the local associations and local federations, they are in charge of random testing... But isn't isn't that isn't that exactly why the Russians were allowed to get away with it for so long? Is because the Russians were responsible for the testing of the Russians. Yeah, absolutely, and so that's why they've all been banned. And, and it's the same situation that's, now. That's an incredi- what, incredibly corrupt system. Unbelievable, and and while I mean, but the, the trouble is, it's a lot of it is to do with how do you test? It, it's not it's not like rugby where there's ten proper nations. This is with. Yeah, the number of medals, yeah. it's, it's, it's hundreds and hundreds of, of countries, let alone medalists. And so how do you then, as an association, effectively tests all these, test all these people? Um, where How do you randomly turn up in Ethiopia to a small village and insist on drug tests when you don't necessarily know that the person's going to be there? But then you can't warn them in advance that you're going to turn up because... Yeah, good um, point. And so, that, I mean, it is very complex to coordinate. And, and they do do random testing and they will test at the event. But then if I've been up to my eyeballs on drugs all year and I just stop taking them 10 days before the event, they get out of my system, I'm going to be far faster than if I haven't taken drugs. And so so then that, that happens. So yeah. that's, that's another controversy. But then did you, do you know about the Botswana runner? Uh, no. So Bolt Bolt losing, everyone's then looking to the 200 metres or 400 metres. Is it Van Niekerk, I think his name is? South African, uh, good-looking bloke, unbelievably quick, broken Michael Johnson's 200-metre record. Oh, nice. Uh, got the 400-metre gold medal as well. But he's, he's, he's amazing. But he's not the best. Well, he, well he's, he's, not, he, he's not got his name written on the gold medal in the same way you might expect of Bolt or with Mo Farah. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of his rivals, Botswanan, he's staying in the Tower Hotel, which um, actually I, I know I know the manager there through Zipke, but bizarrely. But um, <laughs> there's then a, a breakout of the Navora virus there and approximately 20 athletes catch it are being sick. It's incredibly contagious. He then... Um, is sick as well and so he goes to the medical staff the british medical team talk to him he tells them according to the british medical team he tells them that he's been sick more than once in the evening and in the morning and so they then say uh, we can't allow you to race because it's too contagious and the it's it's odds on that you've got the Navora virus. Yeah. Um, now, the, the Botswana team then say that he's only been sick once and that they didn't have someone there while he was being tested. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter if you're there when he was tested. We can show you the results. We haven't tested for Navora virus because it takes several days for it to show up anyway. Yeah. And it's pointless testing to show up if he has or he hasn't because it's not going to by then it's too late um and he's told us several times he's told us he was sick several times so they then don't let him race in the 400 and he's obviously mortified by this i think he also it, it seems as if he changed his story slightly because he did he, he probably just told 
the truth or maybe told what he wanted the medics to hear and then afterwards didn't realize what the implications were and, and massively regretted that but then they brought the, the the head medic onto the bbc yeah and quite often when they when they weren't showing the big races rather than showing um some czech girl doing a, a discus they'd have extended periods of conversation and they had the entire bbc um staff so there was gabby logan who was chief bully michael johnson um then it was denise lewis and and probably one other for about 10 or 15 minutes they had the most excruciating and just appalling attacking of this medical uh this this medical member of staff who it started off as a you know tell us what happened they explained what happened and then it almost partly the the athletes were seeing it through an athlete's eyes saying well how could you but then it got to the point where gabby logan suddenly took it upon herself to be just thought i am now being a hard hitting journalist i am paxman here i am here to i'm here to break you and and just to to get the story out and she was saying but they said but they said she'd only they'd been sick once and she went well he told us in the blah 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 he'd been sick more than once but how could you blah 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 well we have to do this because those are the protocols set up and we have to look at the our responsibilities to all the other athletes and given how contagious it is we can't take the risk of well have you tested him there's no point testing testing him because by the time the results come back he'd have been cured of it or not anyway and the event would be over so it's irrelevant and so but they it got to the stage where they'd they'd done all these questions they still had time to fill and (laughs) they went back in and they just carried on trying to punch her and you could see she was there as someone going, you're calling me a liar. You're calling my team liars. You're questioning my medical opinion Jeez. as people on hearsay. And I've explained the situation to you. I do not know what else to say now. And when you were sat there watching it, you just you, you just wanted to, someone to step in in front of them and say, stop, stop now. She said it. She said enough. Like she's explained it. Leave it alone. It was just, it was mortifying. See, Absolutely mortifying. This is this is seems to be the thing about athletics now. Right, we've we've talked. You've know, talked about like four things, and hardly any of it's actually related to any of the athletics itself. It's to do with all mm. the controversy and stuff around it. I mean, it's just it's so mired in it. I don't know. I don't know how cycling's got away with not being as mired in it. But but athletics is just it, there's so much controversy in it now. Like everybody, even Mo. Um, yeah. Was it today or yesterday? Um, now that he's he's retired um, yeah. from from that, he's just like right. Why are they all started laying into him? The media started laying into him about um, you know Salazar and, uh, and and thing. And he's like literally, if there is if there is something um, that you want to say that you are accusations you want to make, actually make them rather than talking around it. Um, yeah. Even he even he is caught up with it all i mean like every everyone seems to be caught up with it in some way or there's some sort of controversy yeah. <laughs> listeners we're, we're, we're trying to be very careful about what we're saying now so i believe there are a lot of people in sport who are are not going out there and taking a huge amounts of drugs off season i think there are actually but i think there's a, a big names in cycling and long distance running who are micro dosing where 
the acceptable amount of testosterone in the blood is a certain amount. The acceptable amount of you know red blood cells, T cells, all these things. Oh, so make making them up to that limit. Yeah, absolutely. So your your testosterone levels do go up and down depending on uh, you know how sexy the ladies you've been thinking about are recently, stuff like that. And so, um, <laughs> is that a te- so, is that a technical explanation of how testosterone works? It is. It's why it's why I've always got pictures around my uh, my bedroom to uh, you know just to ensure that I'm getting my peak peak amount. But, um, <laughs> but I, I I think they're they're being incredibly tactical and ensuring they're maximising all the way through by adding artificial um, testosterone and these things, but not to the extent that they're that they could ever be tested in court for it. Oh, that's a curse. I don't know if that's a particularly controversial thing you're saying or whether that's that's a true. But you've got to admit, I mean, it's just so mired in stuff, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I suppose that's the thing. It's an acceptance of like if you if you do love your sport and I don't know, I think it's a really difficult situation. If you're involved in that sport and you, and everyone else is doing it, what do you do? Mm. It's just, it's, it's easy to go, Oh, you should never do it and stuff like that. But if it's the thing that you've trained for, for yeah. years and years and years, it's not as black and white as you should never do drugs. Cause you know, if the, if the, um, if the governing bodies are, are involved as they, as they, you know, clearly are in, um, you know, not 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 we're not covering anything up necessarily. Although in the case of the Russians, but if they're, um, uh, if they're involved in the in the testing and everything else like that, then you know, there's going to be there's always going to be ways around it. Yeah, the point you made about just the volume of people, it's just so difficult to. Yeah, to, and, and in, to, these to are places as well. You know, if you're if you're trying to get testing done in in Ethiopia and Kenya, this is these are places that they're not they are corrupt countries. Some of them, or they're incredibly poor countries, and the money has a, a huge influence on on these societies. But also, yeah, we're dealing yeah. with different cultures, and so you know everything about it is is incredibly hard. And or even different religions, where, for example, Christina Herogu, she had real difficulties with with testing because of the the times and the conditions under which she had to do testing because of her religion. I can't remember the exact story, but um, she was always very very close to being um, just just kicked out because. Not because she was necessarily cheating, but because she couldn't always be available at any time to be able to give samples. Yeah, yeah. But um, I see. Moving away from the the kind of controversies. What, yeah. So what, so apart from all the controversy, what what exciting things happened? I think I saw Mo I mean, win. The, the relays was. Oh, the relays! I didn't see that. I didn't see just that. Just incredible. I remember so we, that. I remember the years where we were pleased um, as as British people. Um, that we finished the relay without dropping the baton. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that pretty much happened like at every Olympics or, or something uh, up to a point. And to actually see us win, that is incredible. I, 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 yeah. I, I only watched the replay of it. But that is... And what was incredible, I mean, there's, there's quite, quite a few things that was incredible about it. Like, to, you always, it always used to be the Americans would win. And then yeah. the Jamaicans suddenly were in, unstoppable. So we suddenly had these two countries above us. And then you'd have the odd French or the odd um, doping Russians that would pop their head up. <laughs> but kind of this year was we had in the um, we had a, one of the British sprint, sprinters made it into the final and wasn't in the relay team, which is I was just 
I was so blown away by because if you saw him in the final, he, as a sprinter, is such a slow starter and oh, yeah. such a strong finisher. You think he looks on paper for the last 80 yards to potentially be the fastest guy in the world over the last 80 meters. So in my head, if he then takes the baton at a standing start, in theory, he could be the fastest person out there. He wasn't in the team. And Adam Jamili, who'd been injured, who'd done all of his adverts on the television before the Olympics. It's a bit like George North for the Lions, where they, they put all their money on this guy being, he's going to be the face of the games that we can afford, who's going to be big. And, <laughs> we can and, afford. <laughs> and, then, and then he doesn't go. And so he gets selected for the relay. And um, the... The British team were just mind-blowing. They ran the third fastest time of all time, which... Oh, really? Yeah, of all time. And I suspect at some point it will become the first fastest time until now, once you take away drugs cheats. Um, but that's another thing. And, and they led, they led. <laughs> You'll say in eight years' time, this will be the fall. <laughs> when, when, when the, when the, the tests have been done, when the, it's gone through the appeals process, it's gone to court, and eventually in, uh, what's it called, uh, 20 whatever, um, these guys will be going up and collecting their gold medal and getting the world record for. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and, um, and actually, it was really noticeable this year how slow times were. So, the 100 meter winning oh, time really? was less was sorry was more than 10 seconds which was insane the the 200 meter winning time was something like 20.1 seconds to win the 200 meters and you've got to remember the world record is 19.3 <laughs> oh i see so, yeah, and maybe so, and so fact, they might that, be slightly quicker so what does that what does that mean does that mean that there are less there's clearly less drugs i don't know i, I mean it, it, part of it could be well part of it is that bolt is just a freak of nature and i hope he's not doing drugs i i don't think he is because while he is muscular he he doesn't look as if he's such a ripped guy that you tend to get with the people taking steroids or testosterone but if you take him out of the equation then um tom tom dark sorry ian dark he sent over something which was the 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 top 60 times of all time in 100 meters and the only person on there who's not been done for drugs is bolt so suddenly if you take all of those out then it could just be that it's a cleaning up of the sport but it also could be that we're just at this really unusual transition where we seem to be changing from the old guard to the new guard right and you've got bolt you've got gatlin they're leaving you've got um you've got farah he's leaving and th- there there isn't necessarily this next wave that have matured and come through right, yeah. to take the mantle so it could be we're going through a transition period um, it, it could be both i mean i i in, in a way i hope it's that because it's going to be really sad if for the next 30 years none of these sprinters get near to the times because they're clean no, no but wouldn't it be great then if um, someone runs uh like a, uh, so what's the what's the? Because we look at the women's. look at the women's, for example, with with Flojo, yeah, who died, yeah, very young, who was a in, bloody in meathead, completely non-suspicious circumstances. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a thing. And so she now has the world record at something like 10.53. And um, or ten, and the, the second fastest sprinter in the world of all time was Marion Jones, who was done for drugs as well. Yeah. And then you unfortunately have all these brilliant sprinters who are being held up to this time that is unachievable. Yeah. And so it's a shame because they could be breaking world records. And... So- so how does the world record how do rec- world records still stand then? So do they have to prove it in that particular race in order no, for the they, world they, records um, to to be struck off? Well, Flojo was never was never done for drugs. She died too. She died she, too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She died too young, and she was never caught. So her world record is always there, and 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 this is the problem where yeah. they they did talk about expunging all of the world records before a certain period oh okay that, and that's the thing they talked about with uh, paula radcliffe that was all yeah. the controversy around that okay yeah right. exactly and paula radcliffe was saying well ha- hold on you know that that's not fair and and that's the trouble ha- you, you can't just do a blanket one but at the same point it's not just the fact that the exposure that these female sprinters would get if they're breaking world records would be far higher but actually if you win um if you win an event at the world championships you win sixty thousand pounds six thousand dollars you get an extra hundred thousand dollars if you break the world record oh um similar similarly at things like the diamond league so they're losing lots of money from not having this opportunity and exposure and it, it just means that they they never look they never get the full credit for what they are because yeah you see their times and you think She's good, but she's not the best. See, there, that's it. You, they've put a t- completely different spin on that because I, I, you know, you, I didn't know uh, any of this, and so um, when they announced that, oh, they're going to expunge all the records, it, you thought, well, that seems so incredibly unfair. But when you put it like yeah. that, you're you're absolutely right. You're going to miss out on all of these people who are, who are, yeah, who are never going to be able to match that drug, yeah. the drug time, and just the excitement of when. I mean, remember when Bolt broke the record for the first time and you're like, holy shit, look, oh, and it was just incredible. And we could we could be having all these moments all the way through in sports. And so, you know, part of the struggle for women is that they're always under the the, the, the shining star of the men's. And that that's that's even more so because they're not getting these these world record opportunities and actually having drugs for females is so much more impactful because of their lower testosterone levels to start with and their, their lesser muscle mass. And they you know, it, the, the guys drug cheats, it doesn't have as big an impact as the women's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Athletics is great. It hasn't got any problems or anything, is it? Jesus. But it, the thing is, it's been amazing to watch. It's been in, it's just been gripping all these different. It sounds it sounds like an episode of Jerry Springer or something rather than it's like Jerry Springer with some running in the middle of it. It is, but I mean the what I, I was reading an article in the Independent and there's, there's there's been a lot of people like who are who are echoing similar thoughts of yours of you know this is just now it's crazy it's there's all these controversies blah 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 it's just a soap opera but then. And actually, part of it is also when people have been looking at the the British and Northern Irish team that we we've we've put in twenty seven million. We've invested twenty seven million in athletics, oh, yeah. and they're saying that actually the the medal hall that we got just isn't isn't worth it. 
and but, but we had five people I think maybe even more who came fourth right so, and if you while we came I think sixth overall if you look at the points which are awarded for first place all the way down to up to I think 12th or 20th place we actually came third overall which is the highest finish we've ever had so depending on how you view yeah what's happened changes it but but also what was uh, what this person in the independent had said was what is amazing about athletics that is is not true of any other sport in the world is the fact that it brings people from every nation together and how often do you get someone from Uzbekistan winning a gold medal on the on the world stage for the whole world to see them to see who they are where they've had sold out stadiums just thousands and thousands of people come to watch and all the numbers around that it have been just incredible the number of people actually engaged in the sport and the number of nations coming together so while there is all this controversy i mean that is just amazing it and there's there's no there's no sport on earth that's that's even a quarter but probably the biggest thing next to it is the world cup 32 teams yeah and how many teams are there in the world in, in the world athletics? What, 130, 150? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When I do think, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm coming from the point of view who's not interested in athletics on a day-to-day basis, and um, I, I'm pretty ignorant of it all, so I probably have the viewpoint of most most people, so yeah. But actually, when you think about it, it athletics is like the most pure form of sport, I would, I would suggest. Mm, um, mm. But also, um, it's like when the Olympics, when the Olympics is on, you know, all the events are brilliant, but essentially, I I still think of the Olympics as the athletics. Yeah, same. It's just yeah. you it's just you know because that's that's fun. That's the fundamental bit of it. And I know it's odd because the World Championships, um, it's surprising for somebody to be at the World Championships are, are normally more important to them than the Olympics. Um, I know it's yeah, well. It's, no, I think that's I think that's probably not the case. Oh, is it not? Yeah, but partly because. The Olympics is every four years. The World Championships is every two. Oh, so just because the Olympics is not as much, it, it feels more special. I think it's partly that, but it's it's partly that. It's partly the exposure is so much higher, and everyone knows the Olympics. Whereas, I mean, the there's just more people watch it. It is it is more prestigious, and if you look at but there's certain what there certain races that I mean, it's all like the hundred meters that that I would say the hundred meters at the Olympics is the that is the the title fight, yeah, of, yeah. The, of the Olympics. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And there's you know I, I don't know what, what, yeah what I don't know how many other it's things the biggest, come close the biggest to that. race on earth, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know you know what what the sort of the pecking order down from that would be. But um, but yeah, but I suppose. Interestingly so. enough, if you if you look at something like the marathons, none of the top competitors necessarily running the world championship marathons they're running the olympic marathon yeah so it's weird they, they, i mean I suppose that's weird isn't it with the distance yeah and it, it's partly just because you you've only got so many marathons you can run a year and if you're being paid two hundred thousand pounds to turn up or you know up to a million pounds to turn up at boston or at chicago yeah um you know in london or you've got the chance to win sixty thousand the world championships which probably means you can't race one of those others it's it's quite a simple it's quite a simple choice yeah really. yeah I tell you, that's the thing it's, it 
once you get into it, once you understand it, like you're explaining stuff, it, you know, just having to make those choices and everything. Usually you just think, yeah. oh, you're professional sports, and you just rock up at a race, bing, bang, bosh, take a little bit yeah. of, take some drugs, some testosterone, sorted. Mm. So, yeah, so I think, I think we've done athletics. That's been quite educational, actually. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a guest who couldn't make it this week, but then we thought we'd start talking. We had quite a few things to discuss, but actually, I've just loved the athletics, and I think there's a lot of people out there who do. And what really struck me, actually, when I, I was talking with Bruno um, this week, discussing about the, the conversation we had with Dale, yeah, and how Bruno was saying... Like, myself and him should be we, we don't know when the uk trials for athletics is or where it is or who is involved or and how we can even go to it and yeah you should know that because you are yeah we're signed up to be part of the iaa sorry, <laughs> the english athletics association we're part of running clubs we're on all yeah. the potential mailing lists we can be um, and yet we don't even know when it is and we're like oh my god this but, is but that's the thing it that, you're right so one of the things you said about running clubs um, and yeah. I said they're terrible at marketing themselves because yeah. they go, well, they don't want too many people to come along or anything like that. That that lack of marketing must extend through that entire chain. Yeah. It's like it's just it, it likes being a bit exclusive. But, you know, then wonders why people, you know, don't don't feel engaged in it. That, I mean, that's the thing. You should be target market. Yeah. For that. I mean, it, I'd love to go to something like that. Where, <laughs> you don't even know where it is. That's amazing. Wherever it is or when it is. And, <laughs> and actually, just turn it into a party. Just just do rugby sevens. Create an event like that. Oh, I, we, we, we need the uh, bad boy events uh, uh, branding sorted. We, we do, come along, absolutely. We just, we come along to you. We come along to your event with a couple of banners and a keg, and that's it. Yeah, when, when Zone 2 and 20 grand. It, 20 grand. <laughs> I'll take over as head of marketing of UK athletics. No, 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 no. You won't. No, Caffeine Brilliant won't, won't fail. This is just another distribution channel dressed, dressed up as events organisation. Perfect, perfect. The Caffeine Bullet sponsored UK athletics. <laughs> yes, UK athletics don't have enough drug problems of their. Of their <laughs> really got. Wouldn't it be good if everyone just switched from all of their drugs onto Caffeine Bullet? I mean, it'd be great for, for, for you if that well, happened. It's, it's, so um, Ben, who was, he was at the, the Beer Mile, he's, he's had a few tests and he's actually been training at the England camp. And he was saying he was, he was taking Caffeine Bullets before each session and all of the England team were going, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's his stuff. Yeah, it's really blah, blah, blah. But because it hasn't been something called bench tested none of them can have it because they need to have something that proves that there's no way that anything illegal could possibly get into oh, their sweets okay so i need to do that and then who knows could be uh england association all the way so what you do you just write on the label bench tested or whatever <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> that's that's fine that way they'll yeah they'll go to advertising advertising to spell it and i'm there yeah anyway um before we go yeah i've got a an email. Okay, here's from, from from because uh, we're still on the subject of um, uh, of athletics, and yeah. so we talked about Tom, the sweary uh, transplant runner. Yeah, and, uh, and he's, he's done known it. now. He's, he's, done, he's, he's, he's done the transplant games, so he, he's reporting back. Oh, amazing! Yeah, so here we go. This is it. This is good, and we and we've got some we've got some 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 interesting news from this. Okay, okay. Hi, David and Jody. I hope you both had a fantastic Super Beer Saturday. Looks like good crack. Huge thanks for the chat on the podcast. When I told some of my mates last year that I was thinking about comp- competing in the transplant games, they essentially shared your sentiments of me faking an illness to get a medal <laughs> at a recognised event. 
I also loved your comments about how sweary my emails were, considering my partner Steph looked them over before I sent them. She is quite a violent wee Scottish lass, though. <laughs> I need to ensure my professional and do badder world stay separate. Well, we don't, but <laughs> we probably do. So, on to the weekend. All right. On Saturday night, I did the 5K. This is at the Transplant Games. Basically, I definitely didn't go sub-20. I came in 21.31, just ahead of a fellow in a photo who came second in the 40-49. <laughs> this was the first time in six or seven races that I've won a sprint finish, so I was fucking delighted. Was pretty certain I'd come third, but someone else was given it. So given all the support of my Jerry Springer-style family, mum, <laughs> stepdad, dad, dad's Australian wife, my two sisters who are 25 and 27 years younger than me, Steph and Steph's mum, I was pretty fucking pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> sorted it out for the 1500 in the meters in the morning where the 18 to 29 30 to 39 his age category and 40 to 49 age categories all ran together i smoked the lad from the photo at around 100 meters a thousand meters along six athletes in the final 600 meters coming in bronze with a time of 540 boom the 800 meters wasn't until late afternoon my competitive streak got going and I stuck plenty of mega-aggressive hip-hop and grime music on the iPhone to G myself <laughs> up to take on the French fella who finished second earlier in the 1500 metres. Was that G himself up or G law himself G up? G law himself up, he would just commit violence against them. Seemed to all work as I stuck on the shoulder until the final bend where I fucking nailed him, coming in second with a time of 2.32, with the winner coming in at 2.31. Oh, he's one second off. Oh. So being a big lad, I finally realised that I'm not built for endurance and I'll be focused on 400 metre and 800 metre racing. I found out afterwards that the fellow who won the 5k 1500 and 800 was actually a transplant GB athlete who came third in the 800 metres and won the 1500 metres at the World Transplant Games in June this year. Wow. This might be the biggest smack talk ever, but given I've never trained for the 800 metres, I've already signed up for the British Transplant Games next year in Birmingham. Not to raise money, not to build awareness, no. The sole reason is to fucking nail this fella. <laughs> I kind of hope he listens to the podcast for hype. Brilliant. My next... We need to find out more about his competitor. Start doing mental games. Oh, that's it, that's it. My next race is going to be Edinburgh Rat Race Ultra Trail in October. Oh, I'll be seeing him there. I really can't be asked with the training, so my plan is to start 800 metre training, do bug all ultra training and pitch up with the do-badder fun wave and hope I survive. <laughs> Look forward to meeting you and the other do-badders. Very high chance of a PB or DNF, especially as my longest race so far has been a trail half marathon. <laughs> Thank the do-badders via Facebook for supporting and sponsoring me with a condensed version of this, along with the attached photo and a few others. I reckon I'll get a good reaction. Nice one, Tom. Amazing. Fuck you, buddy, That's man. incredible. See, so we've got our own athletic story to, to, to round that off. We've got medals to report. Medal, we've got, you've got medals. Um, the British team got medals. Tom has got, got a fucking medal. Did Ali Bailey get medals? Ali Bailey. Ali Bailey did an epic multi-ultra run thing. Um, like, was it 200 four, miles four or something. Four races over three days or something. Yeah. Um, she got a med. She got four medals or three medals or something. Everyone got medals, but only one medal had a caffeine bullet. Sponsored <laughs> by. <laughs> so if, if anyone's feeling plush, get into the Facebook group and Tom's Tom Scott, his name is. So you can sponsor him there. Which uh, I can't remember exactly who it's for. Is it to raise awareness or to actually just give money to transport victims? And then also Ali's raising as well for probably Street Child. For Street Child, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you are, if you listen to this um, either for the first time, mistake, go back to one of the interviews. Fee Silk, who uh, hates these episodes where, <laughs> where me and David just talk to each other, 
um, would recommend that you start with an interview um, one. It's pretty late actually telling you this now, but if you listen to this and you thought, oh God, it's just them to talk with, listen to one of the interview uh, the podcasts and um, uh, those people are much more knowledgeable and more interesting than us. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, um, if you, but if you haven't done so already, so I'm going to have a call out for reviews. We are, we're not that many far reviews off 100 and for some reason we've got like 76 like five-star reviews and you get like two one-star reviews and for some reason it's only four and a half stars so as many five-star reviews as possible but you've got to come up with the funniest comments there are some absolutely incredible um hilarious uh, review comments on itunes so uh, also, if, if you're if you've already reviewed whenever you get on your partner's computer or a friend's computer just quickly go on their itunes review for them they won't even know boom double discount absolutely absolutely do that um, if you're not a member of the Facebook group, um, head over to Facebook, Bad Boy Running Podcast. Um, we're on there. Um, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. That's really important. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully next week we have got, uh, got a, a guest who's going to be talking about some crazy, crazy distance runs, including Western States 100. Absolutely. And if you want to be joining us, for, if you want to join Tom and I for the Ultra, uh, Edinburgh Ultra, the Rat Race one, we've got a 10% discount. Can't remember the code, but if you get into the Facebook again and just search Edinburgh, um, you might get quite a few <laughs> swearsies about the marathon there. But the ultra marathon, which is the rat race one, not to be confused with the Edinburgh Festival, we've got a ten percent discount. We're going to be going there large as a bad boy running posse, and then hitting the town Sunday night afterwards. Cool, man. Good to talk to you again. Thank you for the athletics education. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. It's good to get it off my chest. Excellent. I like it. It's good. It's like it's like. Um... Yeah, doping therapy. Doping no, therapy. no, that's, that sounds, sounds terrible. Don't, I'll, I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then, man. See you later. Bye, 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 bye.